0: Hey, math fans, Jason Marshall, Math Dude here with your weekly dose of quick and dirty tips to make math easier. As I mentioned last time, a lot of people have a strong distaste for division. This makes me feel a bit bad for division because division itself isn't a terrible fellow. Sure, it is a little more difficult in practice to divide numbers than to multiply them, but that's not division's fault. It's just the lot it was given in the numerical universe. So at least for today, I ask you to forgive division's difficulties and spend a bit of time thinking about the meaning of this sometimes frustrating arithmetic operation. We got off to a good start talking about division last time, but we've still got a few loose ends to tie up. Things like what happens when you divide by fractions and negative numbers, whether or not division is a stickler for the order in which you perform its operation, and some other fun stuff like that. Of course, as with all of our discussions in this series, our goal isn't to develop lightning-quick division skills. It's to develop your intuition for the true meaning of division. So, let's get started. When it comes to dividing fractions, most people fall back on the old trusty slogan, invert and multiply. While that is ultimately a good thing to do, since it works, it doesn't shed much light on what's really going on. And that's kind of a shame, because last time when we talked about the connection between fractions and division, we actually figured it out. So, what is going on? Let's start by recapping how division by an integer works. As a simple example, we've seen that a problem like 10 divided by 2, which is equal to 5, is really just representing the idea of taking a 10-block-tall stack and compressing it down by a factor of 2, until it's only 5 blocks high. In other words, it's identical to the problem 10 times 1 half. And that's because this problem is simply telling us to take that same original 10 block stack and stretch it down to be half its original size. It's the same thing. Just to be sure this makes sense, take another look at what we did. The bottom part of the division problem, 10 divided by 2, is the number 2. Of course, we can write the number 2 as the fraction 2 over 1. What do you get when you invert 2 over 1? You get the fraction 1 half. If you now multiply this by 10, you get 10 times 1 half. If you follow the logic here, you'll see that we've just discovered that we've actually been using invert and multiply all along. It's really nothing new. So yes, invert and multiply works. But remember that it works because of the relationship between fractions and division. Okay, next up on our list of loose ends to tidy up. What happens when we divide positive and negative numbers? As luck, or rather arithmetic would have it, things work in the exact same way as they do for multiplication. Whenever you divide a positive number by a negative number, or vice versa, the result is a negative number. And whenever you divide one negative number by another negative number, the result is a positive number. But why is that? Well, you've heard this before. It all goes back to the connection between fractions and division. Take the problem 100 divided by 4. As we've described, you can write this as the equivalent problem 100 times 1 fourth. If we instead have the problem negative 100 divided by 4 or maybe 100 divided by negative 4, we can use what we've discovered to rewrite these as negative 100 times 1 fourth or 100 times negative one-fourth. In both cases, the answer is negative 25. The key thing to realize is that once you understand what it means to multiply by a negative number, you also understand what it means to divide by a negative number. We can get a little better feeling for what this means by thinking about the problems 6 divided by negative 1 and negative 6 divided by negative 1. If we think about these division problems as compressing stacks of blocks, we see that we've actually posed a rather simple example, since the 1 in the denominator means that the number of blocks in each stack doesn't actually change. But what does change? Well, that's where those negative signs come into the picture. Just as we found for multiplication, the negative sign has the effect of flipping the result from one side of the number line through the origin over to the other side. And as we found for multiplication, the two negative signs in the case of negative six divided by negative one end up flipping the answer from the positive side of the number line to the negative side and then right back once again to the positive side. Make sense? Hopefully so. And hopefully you now have a good feeling for what it really means to divide negative numbers. Last up today, let's talk about the commutative and associative properties. Just in case you can't quite remember what those are, here's a quick reminder of how they work with addition and multiplication. The commutative property simply tells us that you can add or multiply a pair of numbers in whatever order you want, and the answer will be the same. So 3 plus 2 is equal to 2 plus 3, and 3 times 2 is equal to 2 times 3. The order just doesn't matter. But does this idea hold for division too? Well, does 20 divided by 4 give the same result as 4 divided by 20? Nope. So, the commutative property does not work for division. How about the associative property? Well, does the quantity 20 divided by 4, all of which is then divided by 2, equal the same thing as 20 divided by the quantity 4 divided by 2? As you can check, the answer is no. So it appears that these properties don't hold for division. And that's sort of true, but not entirely. It's absolutely true that they don't work when you treat division like division. But we know that we can also treat division like multiplication. And that changes things. To see how, let's again look at the problem 20 divided by 4. But let's write the expression as 20 times 1 4 instead. Does the commutative property hold now? In other words, does 20 times 1 fourth equal 1 fourth times 20? You bet it does, because this is multiplication. How about the associative property and the problem quantity 20 divided by 4, all of which is then divided by 2? Well, let's first write this in terms of equivalent fractions. So the expression becomes quantity 20 times 1 fourth, all of which is then multiplied by 1 half. Does this satisfy the associative property? It sure does, because it's all multiplication. The quantity 20 times one-fourth, all of which is then multiplied by one-half, is indeed equal to 20 times the quantity one-fourth times one-half, which means that the associative property does indeed hold if we treat division in terms of multiplying equivalent fractions. In case you haven't noticed, there's a theme going on here. Simply put, so long as you think about division in terms of the equivalent process of multiplying fractions, everything behaves exactly as you expect it to, which means that once you know how to think about multiplication, you know how to think about division, too. Okay, that's all the math we have time for today. For more fun with math, please check out my book, The Math Dude's Quick and Dirty Guide to Algebra. And be sure to check out the catalog of the other 280 Math Dude episodes. They're all available at quickanddirtytips.com slash mathdude and through your favorite podcast app. Until next time, this is Jason Marshall with the Math Dude's Quick and Dirty Tips to make math easier. Thanks for listening, math fans.